Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm James Carey. I'm Dave Cohen. And you join us on an episode where we'll be thinking ahead about the BBC Writers Room window, which will be opening and closing, or it's currently open it's, it's and it's going open. to close. Yeah. It closes at the end of this month, which is April the 29th. That's right. Monday the 29th of April. Is when it, um, when it ends. Yeah. And so that's when it closes. So your, your script will need to be in for then. So we'll talk a little bit about that. But before we do that, we're going to um, just mention a quick email we've had um, from Bill Thomas. Is he yeah. one of our Patreon subscribers? Um, uh, he's not, but... Uh, he's, he could be. He, he could become Bill, one. He yes. could become one. Yes. Uh, he said he's uh, he's enjoying our podcast, which he's just come across. And he listened to the uh, the one which we recommend that you listen to. Uh, we did last year with Simon Nelson, Amanda Farley of BBC Writers Room. Uh, we, got, we get lots of very helpful specific advice from the people who yes. will be looking at your script yes. so they are the right people yeah. to listen to uh that's episode 73 i think or roundabout there yeah. of sitcom geeks um but bill says uh ooh, he's about 30 episodes in now uh he said uh, um would you be up for discussing royalties and residuals for sitcoms sometime uh yes we would um possibly not this episode because we want to be uh Pretty much up and yeah. uh, running with the uh, with the, the details for the deadline for this the, the sitcom. But just to m- very quickly mention that the recent EU directive, which quite possibly will still apply, apply whether or not we stay in the EU, but it's one of those things that that, that may continue. Um, that um, keeps some of the copyright. It's a it's a uh, it's a losing battle, I think, to fight the internet. To fight the, the giants of the internet, the Amazons and the mm. Apples, and so what's the CU directive doing? It's um, holding on to the royalties that are made from uh, repeats of shows on YouTube uh, right. or on that, that find their way onto the internet from pirating or whatever. Right. So it's a, a way that writers. Uh, and performers who get royalties, and the, these royalties are being uh, eroded, have been eroded for the last sort of 10, 15 years, and people like the Writers Guild are, are battling to hold on to them. So this yeah. EU directive forcing companies to pay uh, writers for the work they've done. Um, strange, but yes, that's what they're doing. So if you are yeah. against uh, the the idea of us being members of the EU, this is a well, I know we get told off told off by someone for being too political on sitcom geeks, but this is the one occasion I would say actually uh, it is in your interest to be in the EU if you are a comedy writer. Um, yes, James yeah. may agree to differ on uh, this. No, but, I, uh, I, I I do <laughs> I, I do differ on this, um, but it's a completely different angle, really. I think people tend to assume that may, maybe you assume or not that I as a I've been a professional comedy writer pretty much since the age of about 22 and I'm now about 43 that I would therefore even know what the difference between residuals and royalties mm. I don't know the difference I've, I I could probably guess but all I know is that um it's it's quite a complicated area mm. I have an observation one is that that my agent gets money for various things occasionally and I look at it and wonder where it came from and discover, oh, this must be some episode from my episode of My Family that I wrote for for Series 5, which happens to star Peter Capaldi. And, um, oh, I've got 40 quid for that because it was on 
it was on British Airways on one route. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I don't even know the details of most of those mm. things. I get money from Miranda um, mm. because I co-wrote the first two series. And I can't tell whether that's DVD sales or repeats or anything like that. And the the impenetrable... One thing I could do is I could insist that all of those accounts are audited so that I'm ensuring that I get paid pay the right amount of money. But if I discover I have been paid the right amount of money, I then have to pay for the entire audit. Um, and so overall, you know, residuals and royalties sort of turn up in unreliable chunks, both large and small, mainly small. Um, and so a couple of observations. One is therefore... Don't join the EU, but do join the Writers Guild. Uh, that would help yeah. because we have collective bargaining power. Uh, mm-hmm. That would be very helpful. Also, if you're a writer who's an, had any credits at all, join the ALCS because they magically scrape money out of somewhere. I have no idea where or how. And so uh, you get residuals and royalties mm. or something from bits and pieces. Well, you also get a thing called secondary use. So uh, mm. I, I don't really want to go into the details of that here. But yes, we 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 should discuss what these yeah. different things are yeah. and how they are being lost. Yeah, but and then what you can do to to keep them. Yes. So join the Writers Guild in order to be a be you know add your voice to be make a louder voice. But the other mm. thing is going back to other episodes where we say make your own stuff. If you publish your own books, mm. you will make six, seven times of the amount you would have done. Yeah. And you, you can be a publisher of your own. So there are some swings and roundabouts. I, I don't know what swings and roundabouts are in this metaphor, but, um, but at least it's, it's not all bad. Yeah. Um, and you can, in some senses, take control. And if you do get a hit, it is going to make you quite a lot of money. Um, at some point but again you you write because you have to uh, mm. don't write for the money because the money is never enough yeah and even if you really like money and you make lots of it it still won't ever be enough I think it was Carnegie when they asked him how much money do you need he said just a little bit more <laughs> um, so money is you know the Bible yeah. warns against God and you know God and mammon you cannot serve mm. both masters yeah um, and I'm aware that many inter- many are not interested in serving God, and I understand that. Yeah. But mammon is a terrible... Yeah. And people are fooled as well because of the great uh, Dr. Johnson quote, uh, something like, no man but a blockhead ever wrote except for, uh, except for money. Mm. Um, but actually, we write all the time for no money. Mm. Um, I mean, for instance, us make creating our sitcom out of nothing yeah uh, nobody's commissioned that yeah. so we're just doing that because yes. we love the idea of it so if you join us on patreon you'll be able to hear our our patreon only series called sitcom soup to nuts yeah. we have been commissioned by each other yes to create a new sitcom and we're partly doing it as an exercise to hear how a sitcom will be created mm. and we hope to see it from original idea um, all the way through to a radio script read through in front of an audience and recording and everything. So um, if you want to listen into that, then join us on Patreon. Go to us, go to our Patreon page. And also, if you go to our Patreon page and Dave's website, you will find uh, BBC Writers Room hot tips mm. for what's probably wrong with your script. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that now. Um, just to make absolutely clear, Dave and I do not... Um, are not employees of the BBC. Mm-hmm. We are we are freelancers who sometimes work for the BBC. I've recently done a bit of work for the BBC Writers Room, 
mm-hmm. on a freelance basis, but I don't work for them. Um, but they are good eggs. And so I just want to make it, you know, this is not, uh, and we're not really telling you anything mm. that, uh, that you wouldn't find out via other sources or just if you sat and thought about it for a bit. But what we want to give you is, given that the deadline is clear, you might have a script that you're almost ready to send. Um, Here are some sort of pre-flight checks that you might want to do uh, Mm. before before takeoff. Right. So I refer back to an article on my blog called Polishing Your Script uh, from a couple of years ago, all of which still applies, and I have Mm. 10 things that we can work through. And you, uh, Dave, have a list of five things that you would want to think about. Yeah, I've kind of, I've also got similar Mm. blogs and things, but I've got some updated thoughts about, you know, actually um, entering uh, the the competition now in the context of what has happened in the last sort of uh, last year, really, I suppose. Well, let's start with that then. Yeah, I mean, just just, um, because the... the, it all started last June, really, at that at the Writers' Room uh, Festival, where James was uh, chairing a group of uh, commissioners, and the, the question of what comedy drama is uh, came up. And in fact, I was on a separate panel about uh, comedy uh, comedy drama. In fact, you you were on, I think, another panel. I can't as well. remember. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, it, there was the a whole, lot of talk about comedy drama, and nobody comedy knew what drama. it was exactly. Um, and but. If you look at what's come out now, uh, in the, all the stuff that came out in March uh, and, and April, lots and lots of comedy has come out. So these people who were talking about it, these commissioners, already knew about all the stuff that is coming out now. So they that was what was in their head. This is what we're seeing. And you get the, 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 if you look at the range of uh, shows that have come out in the last uh, three months or so, uh, you get a sense that everybody is is looking for um, things, you know, kind of the different types of things. I and mean, you can look at uh, shows like shows the returning shows like sort of Fleabag, uh, Soft Border Patrol, uh, Time Wasters, um, and these these were shows that all had a big impact when they came out first time around. Um, Fleabag, very much drama drama with comedy in it uh soft border patrol very much comedy but but kind of developed out of uh improvisation and you know a lot of people working up ideas and mm. we, we uh, there's a whole episode of sitcom geeks where james talks to the production team of that and we got the whole sense of the process mm. as a very kind of detailed process of how they got to that story which is actually also very sort of topical um, then you've got Home, the uh, Rufus Jones show, which we talked about in um, previous episode. That's got a very strong uh, current story narrative, but is also uh, it, it's it's a funny sitcom, and it's, uh, it's about a bunch of characters, uh, odd, odd couples, characters brought mm. together uh, in odd situations. Um, then you've got the the uh, Ricky Gervais show, Afterlife. Uh, which is effectively it's it's a sort of three hour show. It's mm. like six half hours that all flow on from each other, um, and it's uh, very very dramatic. I think with a, but yeah. has a few very fun. It has a few sort of laugh out loud moments mm. in it, but it's mostly kind of bleak yeah. uh, and mostly kind of um, Rick, Ricky Gervais um, having a midlife crisis or whatever right. but it's um but but 
again, very much a drama. And then you've got uh, Warren, the Martin Clunes BBC One, which is again a very, it's a very kind of, uh, it's it's a sort of standard BBC One sitcom, mm. fish out of water character. Um, so you've got a massive range of things, but they're all they're all different elements, different ideas of narratives. Cold Feet is again, it's just basically a bunch of people, five characters mm. who you know they are kind of live in each other's lives but it deal it, it, it has drama it, yeah. has, uh, it deals with things like breast cancer and male suicide and, and these you know so it's kind of dealing with very serious subjects but you've got your basic your five characters so rather than get too worried about uh, have I got enough comedy have I got enough drama have I got enough drama comedy you kind of write what you write that you're comfortable with and as long as it's got funny bits in yeah uh, it's a comedy and then you know how much drama is in there it's sort of it's kind of up to you I yeah. think so yeah so I think the take home from that is that there is there's there's a you know comedy is a very broad thing now and it doesn't need to resemble an episode of ever decreasing circles mm. or, um, or last of the summer wine um or even um you know stuff from you know like ab fab or whatever yeah. uh, or the vicar of dibley it can be there's this huge range of comedy comedy drama drama comedy which you're fine with i think in in a way you sort of need to know what you're going for so so, um, but equally, Phil, if you want to write something that's just out and out really big, really silly, mm. really mainstream, or really goofy, then then that's fine too. Well, that's and yeah. I think the stuff that we will just come onto in a moment, it kind of applies across the board, mm. really. The one the one thing that there hasn't been in all of these shows that have come out in the last two or three months uh, is an audience sitcom. Yeah. Uh, and so time and again, James and I say, oh, they don't want audience sitcom. What's the point? Mm. Um, but they, and they, they keep saying they do. They keep saying they do. And they're not commissioning any. But then you look at the uh, the, the, the the form for the um, writer's room and it's it's got, it says two things. We are looking for... One, non-audience, blah, 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 mm. comedy, drama, narrative, blah, blah, blah. Two, audience. So they've got, they, you know, they are kind of yeah. strongly looking for an audience sitcom. The fact that there hasn't been one in the last yeah. two years is more, I think, that nobody has yet found whatever it is that's going to be the mm. next audience sitcom. Not or the maybe they have and they just haven't uh, commissioned it. Yeah. Um, however, um, I, I, I still think he you said should, bitterly and yeah. heavily. Um, I still think you should try writing that, as you say, yes. a very silly idea or something. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you write a radio I mean, look, script. They do get made. Their but. biggest show is a big silly show called Mrs. Brown's Boys. There's mm -hmm. something in it. The, the other thing, though, to point out, um, uh, although David's right to point out the BBC are looking for that, the BBC Writers' Room window, what the BBC Writers' Room are looking for are writers to develop. Yeah. What they're not trying to do is... So so don't apply for the Writers' Room because you want your show to be on TV, although you sort of have to believe that it could be on TV. When you're applying for the Writers' Room, you need to... Um, what you're applying for is essentially a year of a little bit of development from the BBC a few a few sessions on this and that maybe monthly um meeting other writers and just having a bit of opportunity thrown in your direction a little bit of development a feeling like you're getting somewhere i don't think any money changes hands mm -hmm. um if you're lucky you but the, the a show might be emerging where they are looking for more than one writer 
yeah. and that you might get to, to, to be asked to be on that show or mm. be a part of that show. So oh, it's it's a mixture of mentoring and opportunity mm. and just it's generally a good thing to do and it feels like, you know, and it's not transformative for everybody's career by any means, mm. but it's I'm, I'm sure everyone who's done it thought it was probably worthwhile um, and some probably found it very useful. Others found it maybe less useful as a writer but more useful in terms of contacts or whatever so you know mm. we're not we're not about to do a straw poll of everyone who's ever done the writer's room so with all that in mind mm-hmm. you've got 30 pages uh maybe 40 pages of script b- burning a hole in your in your top drawer um or burning a burning a hole into your laptop more likely yeah. mm-hmm. um and it's also worth saying go back to that episode we did with Simon Nelson where they uh, and Amanda Farley, and they do warn that you need to be registered with the BBC Writers' Room um, in order to submit your script, and that that takes slightly longer than you think it's going to do. So if you apply cold at the very last minute, mm. then you may have a technical problem, which means that you're not going to get it in in time. So just do all that first and have a look at it and make sure you're familiar with it mm. um, so that every, so that the planets can align for you to get your script in. Yeah. But um, you've got five five things, well, five actually, mistakes. Well, I suppose there were five. Uh, what what one one of them was? Uh, don't second guess the commissioning okay. process. So that. we're well on the way. Number one yeah. done. Don't yeah. second guess. Write what you want. You don't have to write yeah. what you know, yeah. you, but you need to write what you're passionate about, yeah. and also write something that you can write well. Mm. Because again, you're not trying to get a show on TV. Mm. You're trying to show what you can do as a writer. So that they can say there's a there's a voice here that I really like yeah. and we want to develop it. I mean, the great thing you can say about the last two or three months or so is that there, there has been an incredible range of different shows across all sorts of genres and real attempts by all the comedy commissioners. I don't think we always give them in as uh, credit that they, you know I think they do deserve credit. A lot of very original stuff mm. happening, hit and miss, uh, inevitably. Yeah, some shows have been more successful than others, but I think you know Channel 4's sitcoms and ITV 2's um, shows have been, you know, there's some, some great stuff there. And right. you know, well well done, commissioners. You great. know, you've got faith in in comedy. You've and impressed I, Dave. You've yeah. done very well. I've not actually seen any of it yet because I'm producing a new play yeah. about Thomas Beckett, so I haven't got any time to watch TV at I've all. I've seen it all, so that you don't have to. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so okay. that's number one. Don't second guess yeah. commissioners. Write what you want. Yeah. So write what you want, but I'll say uh, against that. You know, mm. don't forget the basics. That's the yeah. that's the that's the mistake. And again. You know, when you're kind of thinking of a new idea, and we always, you know, they, they, we can always think of shows that that broke the mold, yeah, the young ones or Hancock or Ab yeah. Fab or whatever that, that that did something very different, um, but they are few and far between. So you know, try and at least uh, have something that that is that has something familiar about it, something yeah. that people will. And you know, yeah, we all we all want to smash the system and create the thing mm. that everyone says. Well, that is the newest thing. Um, but having been involved in various successful shows over the years, I would say that mostly they are things that that were very much like something that was before it. I mean, have I got news for you? Was basically the news quiz mm. uh, put on telly. So though it was, but 
the 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 Paul Merton angle, I guess, was what mm. made that show different. I mean, Horrible Histories comes out of um, Blackadder mm. um, and Monty Python, yeah. but it's a show, and it's just a show about history, and you know, whatever all the things aligned to make yeah. it work. Yeah. So, uh, but but it 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 comes from you know it comes from a long line of things. It wasn't didn't just come out of nowhere. So stick to the basics, you know, you've got a story, you've got a beginning, a middle and end, you've got yeah. a character who goes on a journey but doesn't learn and mm. comes back to make the same mistakes. Yeah. That's my that's my key yeah. thing, I think, for more than anything. And, uh, yeah, so break the rules if you want. I mean, do what you like. But if you think, maybe I'll just write a script that's a stream of consciousness of one character, I mean, sure. But, you know, if... if um, if Stephen Moffat did it, it would still probably be crap. Um, but the chances of you getting that right seem to be pretty low. But why mm-hmm. not? If, if if that's the thing you really want to do, then do it. Yeah. But don't sort of have a last minute, well, maybe I could just do this. And then that's, you know, the, the, the window will then close with that. And you just think, oh, I should have just written mm. that idea that would have been actually broadcastable in some way. And, you yeah. know, but sometimes that stroke of genius uh really is um really is what it is so yeah. who, who knows mm-hmm. so do you have any more any sort well, of why don't, why don't we finish tips? your five and then i'll, I'll okay. clear up with my 10 okay um well then to, to, as i say the main that so the basics are don't forget you know, the basics the beginning in the middle and the mm. end and don't forget the difference which i've alluded to there as well the difference between comedy and drama so yes you're trying to put some narrative in there mm. Um, but don't forget that your character does not grow. Yeah. That's kind of the main difference. You can have as, as outlandish and weird a story mm. uh, as you like. Um, and I mean, I, I, that I, one of the problems that I had with The Good Place, uh, which which I, I watched a lot of recently, um, it, f- it felt like the story was kind of going all over the place, and it was, but the thing that kind of kept it as a sitcom uh, was actually for most of it was that the characters never changed. They were right. kept being put in different situations, right. but they were always the same, apart from when one character fell in love and that broke that character as far as I okay. feel, really. But I think where they didn't, where it yeah. kept as a sitcom was because nobody ever learned, they, they, they did the same thing, whichever world yeah. they were put in. The thing that came that's come across to me recently, because I've read quite a lot of scripts recently for, for various things, is I do find that an awful lot of shows run out of story. And I'm finding a lot of shows where the first 20, the first 20 pages, you've got some good, interesting characters and a good situation and some good jokes and some good, some good writing that you then realise is really in search of a plot. Um, and, um, and so actually you probably need to spend more time on your story. Even though people don't really tune in for the story, the story is the expression of the character. And so just think really hard about whether this story is actually developing, whether there's a twist, whether the character has to make a really big choice towards the end and why they make that choice. But an awful lot of scripts I read, they just sort of end. And you go, well, that's not really... And having said that... um, the writers room are quite open about the fact that at the first part, they get so many scripts, they only read the first 10 pages. um, And then anything that looks like it might be onto something is, is passed up to the next round and they read the next, then they read 20 pages 
and then it gets to a smaller pool and then they read all 30 pages so but but in a way like um make sure your last 30 pages make sure your last 10 pages are good um but you will need to get over that barrier at some point so you might as well may as well do it now that that does lead to the the next question and this is this is um I can't we've talked about it all the time but it bears repeating you 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 forget to care you forget to care about what happens there's a quote that I've uh, remembered from 30 odd years ago um, from Kurt Vonnegut who was a writer that I admired at the time and he writes about writing and about writing stories he says I don't praise plots as accurate representations of life but as ways of keeping readers reading Mm. And one of my students wrote a story about a nun who got a piece of dental floss stuck between her lower left molars and couldn't get it out all day long. The story dealt with issues a lot more important than dental floss, but what kept readers going was anxiety about when the dental floss would finally be removed. Nobody could read that story without fishing around in his mouth with the finger. And so that's that, that, as James says, is the the, the point of the story. It's not it isn't necessarily the thing, but it is. Uh, it's why Dan Brown is the most yeah. successful writer in the world. Whatever you, you mock and laugh at him and say, "Oh, he's a terrible writer," but actually, once you start reading, you want to know what's going to happen, yeah. and you are turning the pages. Yeah, and it is not as easy as people think. Not it at is all. very very hard. But that's what you have to do. I would say nine times out of ten, there's not enough story Mm. in a script rather than too much. Very rare, I think. Maybe it's even less than that. One in 20, one in 30, where I read a script and just think, blimey, there's enough for three episodes here. Yeah. Um, I'm getting a lot of scripts now where it's just like, yeah, that's that's not really enough. Mm. Um, Cool, next one. Um, So that's, uh, well commissioning process we've been that so my last one is uh you don't write enough jokes ah and again this is something we come back to uh over and over again and um if i say uh with regard to the ricky gervais show i will say the words fish fingers which will mean nothing to to james but Mm. uh if you've watched it you'll go haha yes the fish fingers the very funny scene with the fish fingers um and you know that's what people remember they remember mm. the funny moments oh uh, Del Boy falling, falling through, through the, the, you know so yeah. you know these are jokes these are things that are in the scripts and they're there <laughs> to make you laugh because yeah. it's a comedy show even when it's as bleak as Afterlife um, so put the jokes in there make sure the jokes come out of the characters yeah. uh, and um you know, you if you want to write comedy, you probably it's you, whatever you were watching something mm. when you were a kid and you something made you laugh and mm. rather than just like ninety nine percent of the population who just said oh that's funny yeah you stopped and said oh I wish I could create something like that and yeah. that's kind of stuck with you so that's what got you in there in the first place and yeah. you might get excited by um, your characters that you're creating and things and and run away with them and those ideas and forget. Yeah, but actually, it was the jokes. It was the things that made you laugh that yeah. got you into this in the first place. That is um, also the last one on my list. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we'll go back over my list in a second. But it is well worth thinking with your script, could this script be funnier? And could there be more jokes? And what I would do as a rule of thumb anyway, 
um, if um, and this is what I've done with spec scripts quite often, especially when I know I have to send them in and whatever, is print it out on a printer and um, get a pen and go to a cafe, go to a room where your computer isn't and read the script again and go through each page, go through each line thinking, could this be funnier? Could this could this scene be funnier? Could this be one way of making something funnier is to uh, make it shorter. Yeah, um, that's something that Mike Shepard, I remember saying on one of our. Um, oh, it was yeah. Mike Shepard, wasn't it? Yeah. But he the, said, uh, when you go through point. anything, you basically always think this could always be shorter. Yeah. Um, so, but I would say, as a general rule of thumb, it is a good idea just to print out what you've written because otherwise you sort of end up tinkering. You don't read it properly on the screen. Mm. Um, so now I would say, actually, if you can, go through your script 10 times, um, maybe with a different colored pen, with a different thing in mind. Um, and then and number 10 is, could this be funnier? Yeah. And here are the other nine. Uh, but Dave's about to say something. Well, I was just going to say, the answer is always yes to that question. Mm. Could it be funnier? Even if you've got the funniest funny script. Yeah. And, uh, you know, people like Lee Mack recognise that because he writes a draft of a script and then he makes it funnier and then he makes it funnier. And then so three or four drafts into that script, he then sends it off to people mm. who are whose job is to sit down and actually write jokes. Mm. And the script says this needs a funnier joke here. Mm. This joke doesn't quite work. I want a funnier joke here. Yeah. So even Lee Mack, yeah. probably one of the funniest people in the country, yeah. writes a funny script and says it's not funny enough. Yeah. It needs more funny in there. Yeah. So don't don't feel embarrassed yeah. that your script isn't funny enough because yeah. we all get that. Yeah. Um, so go through your script uh, with the following things in mind. First one, start your story earlier. Um, again, almost all all the time we get this on our first 10 pages which you can now uh if you join us on patreon and you become a particular kind of subscriber we will read your first 10 pages of your script um and do a podcast about it uh, for patreon subscribers but when we do those and we did them in the past on the on this main uh, podcast is so often the story starts on page nine mm. and basically pages one to eight are mostly people talking and introducing themselves and saying how they feel, and actually you can normally start the st you can normally start it on page two if not page one. Mm. Um, Good discipline, isn't it? Yeah. So work out how can I start my story sooner? Not how can something happen sooner, but how can my main character, my main characters, have a quest where they're basically given you need to do this by then, or this will happen. That kind of thing. Mm. If you do it on page nine, you're a third of the way through your script. Um, it's too late. Yeah. Do it on page two or page three. Page four at the latest. Um, but page it's four normally if you're doing double spaced. Yes. And half a page. So um, second thing is, therefore, you can normally introduce your characters faster. How could you introduce them faster? And the thing I say a lot, um, you know, when we first see your character, what are they wearing? What are they carrying? What are they doing? What's their first line? That first impression is really, really important, especially if the reader is only reading the first 10 pages. You don't have time to muck about. And why would you? Um, it's bad writing. Um, so, you know, what is your character wearing, doing? How is their first line quintessentially them? How is it their whole characteristic in one sentence? How do they react to something or how do they not react to something? Um, so, uh, so again, 
make those first two, three pages as funny, tight uh, as possible uh, in particular. The first 10 pages also and all 30 pages very much so. Having said that, don't introduce all of the characters, this is number three, at once. So if you have 10 characters in your show, firstly I would advise against 10 characters, but if you do have 10 characters, don't have them all in the opening scene if you can possibly avoid it. Have a scene with two or three of them, which is the people the show is really about, and then have another scene with two or three different characters, or one leaves one scene from one and goes and meets other characters or something like that. Um, but don't introduce all of the characters at once. Um, and it may be that in the first 10 pages you don't need to introduce four of them, and that's completely fine. Mm. We get a little bit spoiled, don't we, because of shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Modern Family where they have like nine or ten or eleven main yeah. characters. And, you know, American sitcoms, we, we only see the really big successful mm. ones, but the, they can do that because they have big... Uh, they, 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 they have economies of scale, so they're making 20, 22, yeah. 24 in a row. Um, they can afford to have nine characters. We rarely have more than four or five mm. characters in a British sitcom because yeah. we, we can't really afford to have more than that. So be, be aware of that, even though, as we say, you're not... This isn't a pitch for something that you yeah. are hoping will be made, but yeah. bear that in mind. Last few. Check that each character has a unique voice. What are the speech patterns of the individual character? Not only do they have a name and an attitude, they have a way of talking. So if you can create as much distance between those ways of talking as possible, um, then that would be good. Um, number five, look very closely at the first few pages. I've done that. Number six, be brutal about action lines. So quite often you have pages of you know three or four paragraphs of who's doing what and where and when. Bear in mind that people don't like reading action lines. They often skip them. But just be as be as brutal about them being clear and easy to read as you would be about dialogue. I think it's easy just to sort of cram stuff into action lines. Um, but uh, you should tighten those up as much, if not more so, than dialogue. Yeah. Could I just possibly mention at this point as well that uh, and, you know, people often forget to do visual gags. Mm. It's a visual medium. So imagine that tagline is going to be, uh, if if the, the more of them that that are jokes, the better. Mm, but you yeah. you want you want people to get the joke, yeah. so it has to be that clear. Yeah, so it's and like, lay it out so that it's clear, yeah. so that the joke lands. Um, and that's you know, and that's that's a bit of an art to do that. Um, and there's just make make sure it's clear as to what's going on. If you've never read this, never read this script before, is it clear what's happening? This is where you could give the script to somebody who doesn't work in the industry at all, or doesn't know anything, and ask them to read the first three pages and then describe to you what's happening. And if they literally have no idea what's going on, it may be your script is confusing. Um, so, um, so do that. Number eight, tighten it up. Anyway, every line, every bit of dialogue should be a joke, um, a bit of plot development or character development ideally two of those three things and if it isn't any of those three things you should cut it um and almost every scene can be shorter it could maybe start later it could maybe finish sooner you don't have to have people standing around saying hello to each other just just start the scene um and number nine check for typos and again this is someone that you could get someone else to proofread it for you they may not find it funny or understand the jokes or be interested in it but what they can do is spot where you've typed words wrong or it doesn't make sense 
because it is annoying to you, know, you just think, well, this is a really big deal and you've sent me a script and there are errors all over it. And that just shows that you haven't paid attention and it just breaks the flow of the reading. Um, so you just want to give yourself the very best chance. And number 10, as I've said at the start, check, check for jokes. Yeah. So um, it Great. takes time. I would say print it out, use a pen and then put the changes in once you've sort of done them with a pen. But that's yeah. I'm 43. That probably says more about me than anything else. Um, but actually, having said that, I quite often do the script as a PDF on an Apple uh, uh, tablet and use right. an Apple pencil. I've noticed you've been writing using the equivalent of a pen. And yes, a, yes. I, this I've is been, the second I, one because I obviously lost the first one. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. yes. I find pen and paper I've been using a lot recently, yeah. actually. So. yeah. No. It's great because when you come to type it up, yeah. you're effectively already on to your second draft because exactly. you, you, uh, you're already refining it. Yeah. So, it's good. so those, are our, those are our tips. Those are our suggestions. And we wish you, obviously, all the very best of luck, but you're all mm -hmm. competing against each other. So you can't all be lucky, can yeah. you? And there's probably be about 3,000 of you as well. So yeah. um, it's, a, it's a great experience. It's a great mm. learning experience. And uh, yeah, good luck with good it. Good luck. Great. Well, thanks very much for listening. I think that's the end of the show. Um, you can get in contact with us on, uh, you can email us, sitcomgeeks at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, um, Sitcom Geeks. Mm -hmm. We're on Twitter, Sitcom Geeks. And uh, Dave's website is davecohen.org.uk. And my blog is called yeah. sitcomgeek.blogspot.com. If you want to do, uh, I know that time is time is tight, but if you would like to join a Patreon site, and uh, um, you can actually, we, we will do a critique of your script. We'll try and do one in time mm. uh, if you want to get in touch with us now. Um, that would be possible. Yeah. Uh, but you really get your skates on for that because yeah. Patreon is slash sitcom geeks. That's right, and also if you join, there are loads of other benefits. You, I mean, we have at least fifth, I think at least ten hours worth of content, maybe fifteen mm. by now, of stuff that we've not put out or advanced copy, of advanced interviews and all that kind of stuff, as well as stuff we're never going to release. Um, so, and uh, and our sitcom series, Soup to Nuts, as well, where we're creating a sitcom before your very ears. Anyway, um, thanks very much for listening and Thank we'll you. speak to you next time. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.